Do you love your dog and yet find yourself frustrated with them sometimes? Have you ever wanted to find a judgment-free space where you could share your struggles with raising a dog? This is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Heart of the Dog podcast, a community of dog lovers working toward helping each other understand their furry friends a little better. Together with guidance from experts in their field, we will explore any and all topics, big and small. Today on Heart of the Dog. Hospital bills and endless sleepless nights are not the first things that come to mind when you're in the excitement of bringing home a new puppy. Never once when I adopted Storm did I think about the possibility of her having a chronic health issue from the start. It's a hard lesson to have to learn with your first puppy. My heart broke every single time a new symptom appeared. Storm has been hospitalized three times for stomach problems in just two years, and it took her second emergency visit for a doctor to finally tell me about an internal medicine specialist. This is the story of one of the hardest lessons I've ever learned about dog ownership. In March of 2020, my whole life was changed, but not for the reason everyone else's was. Before my current job, I lived on cruise ships and worked on Broadway tours. In January of 2020, I interviewed for my first stationary job in over five years. In February, I was asked to join the team and accepted their offer. My unofficial start date? Monday, March 2nd, 2020. You see, I had voluntarily turned my life upside down just days before the cruise industry shut down. So when COVID started to become a really big problem in the U.S., I was already internally in limbo. I got two-ish weeks into my new job and life before shelter-in-place orders started rolling out. My third week in the job, when at the time everyone in California was saying things like, this will only last two weeks, I started puppy shopping. The friend I was living with had an eight-month-old lab who made me want my own dog more than I already did. I looked in shelter after shelter, but wasn't able to find one that I wanted. On Thursday, March 19th of 2020, I found Storm's litter available at a shelter two hours from the house we lived in. I contacted them about two of Storm's sisters, who reminded me of my first childhood dog, Minnie. But the shelter informed me that they were both on hold for family placement meetings that afternoon. They said they would call me with an update after the puppies had gone through their meetings. A couple hours later, they called to say that the girls were both going home with families. I was heartbroken. My roommate and I kept looking at the puppies still available, and she pointed to a little black and white face by the name of Katie and said, she's a cutie. I didn't really think so, but there was something to her that I liked. So I called the shelter back and I asked if Katie was still available. They said yes, and I asked if I could come get her. They asked when we could come. I told them we lived two hours away but could come tonight, and they said they would stay open as long as we were taking her home that night. I said yes, and we ran out the door. Fast forward two hours to our arrival. They let us in and walk us into a meeting room with an old red leather couch and some chairs. They told us to wait, and they would go get Katie. After what felt like an eternity, the shelter worker came back and set this small black and white puppy on the other end of the couch. My heart melted as I tried to get her to come to me. She didn't hesitate to walk toward me, but instead of trying to interact or play, tiny little Katie smushed herself between me and the back of the couch and buried her head in the corner. She was terrified. I knew from that moment that I had to protect her. We took her home, and 
I should have known there was something wrong because she threw up six times on the car ride home. But sometimes puppies get car sick, and so I just naively wrote it off as such. I gave her a bath and some food, but she was so scared, overstimulated, and unknown to me at the time, sick. All she wanted to do was sleep, and so sleep she did. She curled up in the very back half of the crate we used for her. That night, I slept on the ground in front of her crate, hoping that she would understand that I was her forever person. Somewhere, halfway through the night, I felt a tiny body curl up with her back to mine. I cried, knowing it was a small step toward earning her trust. The following months were full of fun, frustration, and overall laughter as Storm's personality started to shine through more and more. She still got carsick, slept a ton, and her poops were never consistent, but she did everything else normally. On her final puppy vaccination visit, I had her vet run a fecal panel on her stool because it was weird to me that it was never the same consistency. Two days later, I received an urgent voicemail from the vet telling me that Storm had a very serious case of Giardia. For anyone who doesn't know, Giardia is an intestinal parasite which, left untreated, can cause some serious issues. Giardia is highly transmittable and tough to get rid of. Storm had to be quarantined for two straight months before we were finally able to kill the infection. At the end of July in 2020, shortly after she was cleared of her Giardia, I moved us to our own apartment in a town 60 miles north of where we were living. Approximately one month after our move, before I had a chance to find a new vet, she stopped eating, started throwing up bile every couple of hours, and started having regular diarrhea. After a whole night of her throwing up, I called the first emergency vet that came up in the area, explained the situation, and they told me that I could bring her in if I wanted, but that they had a two-hour wait because of more serious cases. After I hung up the phone, I discovered her most recent bowel movement looked pink in color. I called them back and asked that they put us on the list. I loaded her in the car, and we drove to the ER. I was terrified. She was so sick, and I didn't know what was going on. The vet didn't make it any better. She asked a lot of serious questions like, Is it possible she swallowed a toy? Could she have eaten something that she wasn't supposed to? Etc. All routine questions. What made it worse was after I relatively confidently told her no to all the possible scenarios that she had proposed, she insinuated that Storm had possibly gotten into something toxic without my knowledge. I immediately started to think of any possible ways she could have been exposed to something toxic, racking my brain to think of any small thing. There wasn't anything. All of my chemicals were in cabinets that she didn't have access to, and she's not allowed in the kitchen when I'm cooking. I felt really upset, confused, and guilty because I didn't have answers, and the vet had made me feel like it could have been negligence on my part. A couple hours after they'd done the standard diagnostics, the vet called. I missed their call to come pick her up. And when I called back, they told me that they couldn't release her anymore because as soon as they'd hung up the phone, a vet tech had come in to report that she'd thrown up blood. So she was held for 24 hours, an aggressive treatment of gastroenteritis. After 24 hours and over $2,500 in diagnostics and treatments, she was cleared for release. This was my first terrifying encounter with Storm being seriously ill and needing hospital treatment. I didn't have insurance for her, and my parents generously offered to handle the first ER bill. 
This incident triggered a series of food changes, and any time she started showing symptoms, I would start to worry. In January of 2021, her primary vet and I discussed her stomach problem history and decided to change her to a prescription diet. She did relatively well on it, but didn't love it, and eventually stopped wanting to eat unless she was starving. She kept having gastrointestinal issues, and it was recurring enough that I felt like our vet should have been concerned. However, every time she was ill, it was written off as some sort of stomach flu going around. Fast forward to November of 2021. She started having tummy troubles, where the only symptom was diarrhea. Since there were no other symptoms, the vet sent me home with antibiotics and instructions to call if she didn't get better. We discussed what could have changed. The biggest change was adding Jubilee to our family. She and Storm share toys and a water bowl, and according to the vet, some dogs with food sensitivities can be triggered by sharing a water bowl with a dog who eats different food. And while that was a good piece of information, Jubilee had been with us since the end of July of 2021. It didn't make sense to me that it would take over three months for Storm to have a reaction. We finished the antibiotics, and everything seemed fine. The next month, almost exactly a month later to the day, her diarrhea came back. Once again, I was given antibiotics and told to call if she didn't feel better. I noted that this was the second month in a row where opening a new bag of her prescription food lined up with the stomach upset. They called the manufacturer and got nowhere. So I asked that we change her to a different formula. The antibiotics and the bland diet cleared everything up and we were able to proceed with our holiday celebrations as planned. One month later, January of 2022, her diarrhea came back again. This time I insisted that the vet see her. That phone call happened on a Friday. The earliest they could see her was the following Monday. Saturday evening, she refused to eat, which wasn't abnormal for her. Shortly after refusing to eat, she started throwing up. We managed to get about five hours of rest before she woke me up at five in the morning just before she threw up what I believe was bile and blood. I knew at that moment that I needed to take her into the emergency vet. I tried calling the emergency vet that I'd taken her to in September of 2020, but they didn't answer. So I called the next emergency vet that came to mind in the next town over. They answered, told me they had a three-hour wait, but would take her. So I packed us in the car, leaving a spare key hidden in the hopes that someone would be able to come and check on Jubilee. And we left. When we arrived at the hospital, Storm was antsy and stressed. The vet tech came out to get the intake information and perform a visual inspection. She was about to ask to take her inside, and I explained due to her medical history, she gets really anxious with vets. The vet tech explained that she didn't have to take her in and would leave her with me until the doctor was ready for her. This was one of the only times I have ever had someone express care for the mental and emotional strain on Storm. Their consideration allowed for Storm to decompress enough to fall asleep in the car as we waited and watched the sun come up. Three hours later, just as they had said, they took her in for examination. Soon after that, the vet on duty called to discuss her symptoms with me. Dr. Val was incredibly kind and patient, and she listened to me go on for 15 minutes about Storm's gastrointestinal history after which she validated my concerns and agreed that something needed to change because it wasn't good quality of life for her or myself. Dr. Val discussed our treatment options and gave me several recommendations for internal medicine specialists in the area that she would trust her own pets with. 
Storm was released later that afternoon, and we started the home treatment plan. We had an appointment to see her primary vet the next day, and I needed to make sure that they had gotten my message to cancel it. I wasn't going to have her re-examined one day later. I called that Monday when they opened to ensure they'd received the cancellation and asked that her primary vet call me back. When Storm's vet returned my call, I informed her of the ER visit and my concerns. She didn't seem to hear me or take my concerns seriously. She seemed hesitant to involve an internal medicine specialist and insisted that she thought we should continue with the food elimination trials. I kindly but firmly told her that if, slash when, Storm's stomach issues flared up again, that I wanted to involve an internal medicine specialist because I was concerned that we were missing something. I acknowledged that when tests come back with no leads and she doesn't indicate pain or discomfort, that there is little to go off of, but that I felt we needed to try something else. Her response was simply, okay. The conversation ended with that. I want to be clear that up until this point, I really loved having her as our primary vet and was very disappointed in her response. We had reached a point where her quote-unquote next steps weren't anything that we hadn't already tried. As the week post-hospitalization went on, she didn't really seem to be feeling any better. She started looking seriously underweight, seemed irritable and tired, but she was eating again and seemed to be improving, albeit slowly. Then, Saturday evening... She pooped out something that is only describable as alien-looking. But there was blood, so I called the hospital and told them what was happening. The receptionist who answered told me that they had an emergency come in and that it would be a three-hour wait. I told them that I could keep her overnight and bring her to them in the morning if that would be helpful. The receptionist asked if I would hold while she checked with the nurses. Within two minutes, she got back on the phone and said Storm needed to come in to be seen immediately. So back to the hospital we went. Upon arrival, they took her within 15 minutes. I have never seen Storm willingly go with any vet tech. But this time, Storm went without resistance. I knew something was wrong. Their sense of urgency was alarming because they had told me that they had a three-hour wait just 30 minutes prior. I broke down sobbing in my car. Two years of dealing with hearing her test results came back normal and being sent home with the same treatment plans that only provided temporary fixes all came down to this. I was so scared that we were missing something. Scared that it was something big and that my best friend in the whole world was dying and there was nothing that anyone was doing about it. The poor doctor on call was so kind and so patient as she held space for me to collect myself enough to fill her in on Storm's week since being in hospital last. After their initial examination of her, they called to talk treatment options, where I was faced with one of the most difficult decisions I've ever had to make. I could either hospitalize her for 48 hours in hopes that the internal medicine specialist could squeeze her in for a consult when he came in on Monday, or I could have her discharged and risk having to bring her back yet again or something worse. I chose to leave her in hospital until Monday, when we would know if Dr. J could take her in as a patient. It hurt, but I was at peace, and I knew it was the right choice. The hospital gave me updates over the weekend. They found irritation in her intestinal tract that could indicate IBS on her x-rays, but they'd gotten her stable 
and said she was doing wonderfully. Monday came around, and I received a call from Dr. J after he'd seen her and given her an ultrasound. He found nothing remarkable. Another test with no leads. He felt we should retest her for IBS, given the x-ray results, but given the ultrasound felt confident that it was safe to send her home. My heart wanted to leap, but was deflated by the fact that once again, we have nothing to go on. I had confidence that Dr. J was going to do everything in his power to help me find answers so that she wasn't continuously sick. But the fact that we had nothing to go on yet again was disheartening. He walked me through her treatment plan. He changed her prescription diet as they had given it to her over the weekend and her stomach seemed to respond well. He also sent home antiparasitic medication because he had seen dogs with parasitic infections that weren't caught by the normal testing methods. When I picked her up, she looked so much better and seemed to be ready to come home by her eager leap into the car. Over the course of the following weeks, my happy, healthy girl started to show up. She started to become playful and energetic again. About four days after her release, Dr. J called with an update on her test. She came back with vitamin B deficiency. Finally, something to work with. I didn't fully understand everything he was saying, but he asked that I order a specific vitamin B supplement to see if it would help with her stool consistency. It wasn't until I googled what vitamin B deficiency in dogs can mean that I understood the gravity of the situation. Vitamin B deficiency in dogs can cause chronic diarrhea, among other things. We are still in the diagnostic phases with Dr. J, but I'm happy to report that it has been almost three months since her initial hospitalization, and she is very happy and healthy. The moral of this story is when you think something is wrong, say something. And if no one listens, keep saying it until you find someone who will. Storm's journey is just beginning, and I'm so grateful that we've found someone who is willing to work to get to the bottom of it. Some takeaways that I would like you to consider from this story. First, pet insurance can be a valuable investment. Pet insurance saved me a ton of stress in the long run. Storm's medical bills over the last two years probably add up to about $15,000 or more, if I had to estimate. I haven't had to pay all of that, only a portion. If you were thinking about getting a puppy please consider pet insurance and how valuable it can be if they have a chronic issue. Unexpected vet bills can be stressful and pet insurance can help with that stress. Number two, you know your dog better than anyone else. You live with them. You see them at their worst and at their best. If you see that they're having a pattern of concerning behavior or symptoms and feel like something is wrong, it probably is. And you should absolutely consult your vet. Finally, a dog is a significant financial investment. If you aren't willing or able to put the money in, then you should consider whether you can take care of one. Thanks for being with us this week. If you'd like to keep up with the latest, please follow us on Instagram at Heart of the Dog Podcast. If you'd like to get involved in the community, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash heart of the dog podcast. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or topic suggestions, please email heartofthedogpod at gmail.com. Please check out the show notes for any resources that may have sparked your interest. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast as much as you enjoy your dogs, please rate and review so that other members of the pack can find us. And please share with a friend or loved one. <laughs>